we are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE. Now I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. And I also have somebody else with us here today. Mike? Mac Beaton. Mac Beaton. 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 Sorry, on, Mike. I messed that oh, up. What, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? So, yeah, there's going to be a meeting with There's going to be a whole He's going to come in the office. <laughs> so, uh, no, we got Mac here with Glad us. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Director of Workforce and Career Development here in Henrico County uh, Public Schools. Uh, we got another guest here as well. Another guest outside of Henrico County. But first, as always, I have to remind you to check us out on our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Also, check out HenricoCTE.com. Get all the cool information about the courses we offer, stuff we got going on, the accomplishments of our students of CTE, and uh, just really get informed on what Henrico County CTE has to offer you and your student, or if you're a student, offer, I guess, yourself, right? You know, some of the things you can take advantage of. So check out HenricoCTE.com. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find our award-winning podcast. Oh, on, it is award-winning. Yes, it, it is. Um, our award-winning podcast at all of your major podcast venues and the majority of your minor ones. So uh, find us um, on your favorite app. Uh, like and subscribe. Join the thousands that are listening to us. Thank you. Thousands and thousands, thousands and thousands. Are there really thousands, Mike? There's now thousands and thousands. We're almost, we're almost hitting six thousand. We're just a few away. Oh, that's hopefully wonderful. this is the one that's going to put a show. <laughs> I think every every time we put one out, it's going to be the one that puts itself. Oh it's yeah, potential, 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 potential. All right, guys. Now for your feature presentation, as I always call it here on Henrico CTE. Now we have with us President and CEO of Chamber RVA, Mr. Brian Anderson. He told me drop the Mr. It's called a Mr. Anderson. We're, so we're doing it. It's just, just Brian. Him. Just going to call you Brian. It's Brian. Just going to call you Brian. And uh, Mr. Anderson, oh, Brian. Brian. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a habit. It's hard to break. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on Henrico CTE Now. And we'd like to start uh, typically with getting some background on the guests that we have on here. Uh, we're going to start with you. And then, of course, we'll end up talking about Chamber RVA and Mission Tomorrow. And if you're uh, in the Richmond area, you might have heard of Mission Tomorrow. Uh, it's hard not to hear about it, especially if you have uh, young ones uh, in the house. So uh, let's just go ahead, uh, Brian, and, and give us some background on you. How did you get to where you are today? Well, it's a very interesting and long process, so I'll make it very quick. Um, uh, out of college, went to the Army because that's how I paid for my college. Did one tour with the, with the Army and loved it, but yet didn't want to spend my whole life there. Knew I wanted to get into business, so I spent 20 years both with Coca-Cola and Budweiser. Enjoyed that, mostly on the marketing and branding side was my favorite. But that really wasn't where I was going to be eventually, and it just led to me becoming an elected official, which I enjoyed for one term. Realized I'd done enough of that. But all of that helped me know that chamber work, when I finally got the opportunity, was going to give me a chance to do the things I'm most passionate about. You know, when you, you sell a bunch of product and you make a lot of money for a company, that's fun for a day or two. And then you realize, well, now i got to go do it again. And <laughs> what did I really do? And so when I got into doing more community service type work, again, specific as an elected official, working with workforce, economic development, Chamber World is where I thought I could do the most of that. So it gave me the chance at a small town we lived in at the time, Dalton, Georgia, 
to take over a struggling chamber and really see what we could do with it. And we had uh, eight years, my team and I, and doing everything from building an economic development team to really building a workforce development uh, focus. Uh, we had a community college we re- completely redesigned to make sure it was doing what we needed to do and working with our high school uh, programs. And now I'm on my third chamber. So I went from Dalton, Georgia to Columbus, Georgia, and now here in uh, Greater Richmond. And it's really what I want to do for the rest of my career. I mean, obviously the rest of my career. I'm going to spend the rest of my career here. This is the biggest market I've uh, lived in. It's also one that I think we've got the most potential in as we want to help uh, young people as you all do so well. So that's kind of how I got here. I, I tell people it's kind of a weird path, but I think I'm better at what I do because I had that military, uh, political and business experience to become a better chamber uh, executive. Uh, one thing you kept hitting on uh, was chamber. When you hear the term chamber, break that de- define that for me. What is a chamber? You know, I tell people that if you get, if you look at the definition, it goes back literally a couple thousand years. It's been uh, chambers, uh, business organizations, business alliances forever. Um, in the United States, I think the first one was in Charleston, South Carolina, 1780 or so. Um, and so if you look at what we do, it's really to help speak for the business community. And that means a lot. It means I can have a conversation with almost any topic and we ought to be there. We don't necessarily have to do the work. I mean, we may not be the organization that show, should lead affordable housing or should lead while the streets aren't paid. But we ought to be part of that conversation because what's good for business is also usually good for the community or what's good for the community is good for business. So we feel like that uh, chamber work, which, and again, every chamber is different. Some do tourism, some do economic development, some do uh, only the, the typical placemaking work. In our case, as a regional chamber, we kind of uh, bounce around a lot of the issues, but focus on what's really big for what's good for the entire region. So it's transportation issues like the I-64 corridor. It's uh, talent in the sense of how we can make sure we've got gaps. So how we take the great work happening in RICO and maybe help uh, push that into another jurisdiction needs to help. How we make sure our community colleges and four-year colleges are connecting with the high schools in the way that they should be. So that's sort of the, uh, every chamber's got a different way of looking at it, but in our case, we try to, uh, we want to make sure each lo- local jurisdiction, uh, you do the work, you do the strategic imperatives, and you try to work on them. Absolutely. And, and then, uh, so you guys are sort of the middleman between community and business. Is, is that a correct <laughs> exactly. assumption Exactly. I mean, if you've got big companies, Altria, Dominion, Capital One, they've got enough size and breadth. They can do what they want to do. But if you get below that, then companies are about making shareholder value and, and keeping their employees happy and making a profit. They don't have time to do the community stuff, so they really ask us, go make sure I've got talent that I need. Make sure that my employees can get to work on time because the roads are functioning. Make sure I can hire the right people because they're coming through the pipeline and do and have the skill sets that I need. So that's sort of the way I look at it is that we are a business insurance policy. If we're doing our job right, the business has the conditions to thrive. If we don't do our job right, then they may survive, they may thrive, or they may not. So it's really how to help bring the whole ecosystem of business to a different level. When you're talking with businesses, what is it that they're looking for today when it comes to young people coming out of schools, whether they're coming out of high school, coming out of college? What is it they're really looking for right now? It's it's known that we've been experiencing uh, a shortage of people into different fields. I mean, it's across the board. What is it that they're looking for that they need coming out of the schools, coming out of the colleges? Well, I should defer to my, my good friend, Matt, because he, he's probably heard this a million <laughs> times. Um, but, it, but, he, but he has heard it because it's said often. Critical thinking and soft skills are the number one thing because being able to do what you've got to do, get along with people, manage yourself, manage a project, those are things that are across all disciplines. And then secondly is the technical knowledge. And again, that's even not as 
critical for most jobs. If you want to be a doctor, yes, you got to have pretty technical training. Right. If you're going to be a, a lawyer, obviously. But if you're not going to be in something so specialized, then the company's going to help train you. I met a young lady yesterday that I hope will get to hire who has a, a public policy degree from William & Mary. I mean, I could tell in five minutes she was exactly the kind of employee I'd want because she can do anything. And she doesn't know what she wants to do. So because of the way she carried herself, she'd done her homework. She could answer my questions without having to go, you know, um, ah, which I do more of than I should. Me she, too. I could tell she could I could put her in any department in our small organization and she would thrive and then also learn where she wants to go eventually. Not enough kids have that for all kind of reasons. So I'm hoping that we'll all get better at teach the critical thinking skill set teach the how do you get along and, and perform with other people and then we'll teach you the other stuff the technical side of it so i think soft skills is the first thing and schools are getting better at it we're all getting better at it i mean teachers i think uh, are seeing that as well that it makes the classroom perform better right <laughs> um but but it's also we got to do our homework at home as well helping our kids as parents and as churches and as any other organization how do we give them our, our, our young people a chance to thrive with other people and i think that's something that henrico has definitely been focusing on Absolutely. with their workplace yeah. readiness skills yeah. and the technical skills i mean we're hitting all the buttons and and we're just getting better at it every year and it's great to hear that that's what they're looking for and that hopefully that our students um, are able to uh, to match up to those you know desires of the business community well it, quick aside I was at your Verona high school my first fall here and saw your media center and those 12 or so kids who put on that morning program they got it just, <laughs> you could see within five minutes they they knew how to uh, teamwork I mean the, the teacher sat back and this was like in September, so they hadn't been doing it very long. Right. They had the script. They knew the program. They knew who had to do what responsibility. It was fun to watch. We got to do more of that hands-on. It's just you can't, you can't get those skills just listening to someone lecture. You can't get those hands-on skills by just, again, reading and taking a test. How do we do things? I'm a big CTNE guy because I see that you're touching, feeling the, 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 the educational process much more so than if I'm in an English literature class nothing against literature we got we need to be well spoken <laughs> right um, but it's we have to give kids much more of that as they go through the school day yeah and, and you see kids uh, are more engaged when they they can touch it they can feel it and they can really relate to why i'm doing what i'm doing right so you exactly take that english and you turn it into something like audio production like our radio programs do here mm -hmm. uh, at the a center and students really make that really makes that more important for students one of the other things you said brian that i thought was really important critical thinking and i have to say that cte courses really do help students think critically when you think about big picture when you think about different projects you have to work on in carpentry masonry all of those uh, hands-on trades and skills and computer technology right and i want to bring mac in on this one right here and uh, mac what makes a chamber rva so important to the world of work and schools, you know, we're trying to teach those critical skills. We're trying to teach the soft skills. But a student will gladly look at us and say, y'all are paid to say that. When you bring someone from the outside to partner with us, and that's really what I think the chamber brings to the table is that partnership, the connections for students, for schools, to the business world. It, it You know, we've all heard the saying it takes a community to, to raise a young person they bring that to life for us. They give us those connections, the opportunities to connect, and students re respond to that extremely well. When someone from outside comes in and says, you have to be at work on time or you're not gonna have a job, and they go, oh, wow, 
That's right. <laughs> we can say that till the cows come home, and it really doesn't matter. So that's powerful. And to have that reinforcement and that partnership is also very powerful with parents as well, because we're trying to prepare students for the future workforce, and knowing that the workforce is there with us doing that reinforces what we're trying to do. I mean, it really can just help us uh, help us better prepare those students if we know what the businesses need and, and what they're looking for, right, in quality students. Mike, do you want to add something? Well, no, I, you, you asked the uh, same question. I, I was going to ask same back. question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's important that uh, this type of information is one thing that we really work hard at is not just get this information out to the students, get it out to the parents so they understand Absolutely. that the CTE world is, is something that is going to help their child um, uh, achieve what it is that their ultimate goals, whether, you know, once they go to college, once they go to work, it's covering all the bases for them. And, and hopefully, Hopefully that, that, that they're going to pay more attention to it and can, when they're um, looking to where their student's going to go as through the years from middle school and high school. You know, I, I'm, I know my generation is guilty of it. We've been talking about every guy who's got to go to a four-year college for way too long. It's now into everybody's vocabulary. Even if a parent doesn't have a, a feel of what that is, they didn't go to college themselves. There's a perception you can only be successful if you get a four-year degree. Then we stop there. We don't tell them that it's got to be in certain fields or it's got to be this or that. And so if you look at what you know, Amazon, Apple, Google, a lot of these companies are saying we're no longer going to require a four-year degree for so many different jobs. We want you to get the skill set you need to come work for us. And then if you need a four-year degree to go into marketing or uh, an IT position or whatever, we'll help you get there. But this false premise that you've got to automatically go to X. And I love our four-year school. We've got some phenomenal institutions around us in this region. But it really needs to be, and I love what Max said, I think the goal is enrollment, enlistment, or, or employment, employment. because you know this 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 state we're in as a nation where we're having kids take on fifty sixty hundred thousand dollars in debt and then getting a degree that's not going to make them successful it's just not sustainable any longer so how do we help a child you know if i went back and did all over again i'd have gone two years to a community college got my basics and then finished at a four year if that's what i wanted to do but we force them into these high cost not necessarily high pay positions just to say I got a college degree. I spent more time on community college campuses meeting kids. It says, oh, yeah, I got my four-year degree at so-and-so. I'm back here getting my welding degree or my architecture drafting degree or whatever. So career exploration has got to be important. Conversations, real conversations with parents, helping parents realize there's a multiple paths to success, and then giving kids that chance to touch it, taste it, feel it before they get there. I mean, it really does sound like it's all about awareness, Brian, at, at the really? end of the day. I mean, you can't aspire for something. I say it all the time. Like, almost every episode, Mike. Oh, like, yeah. You can't definitely. aspire for something <laughs> that you don't know about. And I think and I think that what we're seeing is is that in a, in a lot of cases, businesses are starting to jump ahead of that that you four-year college is the only way just like what you said you know we're not requiring it but some of the businesses are going in and they're plucking students right out of high school and say come work for us and we're going to pay for your school and we're going to put you on the right track if you want to do what we're teaching you know what we're doing Mm -hmm. um so that they don't because they're running into situations where they're not finding anybody qualified right so they're basically hitting them right out of high school come work for us we'll pay for your college and we'll put you on the path that you need to work for us and this can be your career if this is what you want to do and we're just seeing it more and more and it's even some situations where some of the businesses are yes we want you to take some classes but you can also take some other classes that we're still paying for it that are outside our realm so it's it's they're adapting to to try and help themselves 
and that's exactly right. It should be that way. But also imagine this: if I'm an employer and I've got an employee who's very good in, in all the right you know characteristics, but they go they come to work every day and go home every day with forty thousand dollars worth of debt. Are they going to truly be the best performer when they're worried about that? And so I think there's a combination of or a confluence of issues right now that are going on that are going to be helpful, I'm hopeful, in the next 10 years will we do more of that direct. I want you to work for me because you're a great person, and I'll get you to here if that's where you want to go. I mean, this young lady I talked to yesterday, she doesn't know what she wants to be five years from now, so I didn't ask her the stupid interview question, what are you going to be in five years? <laughs> I said, what do you see the next couple of years look like? What I do need you to take that get? one off the list. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to learn while you're here, while you're doing stuff for us? And right. it was like, well, I don't really know. I said, good let me tell you what i think could happen because you said you like government we can do this because if i don't show an employee a chance of of how they're going to grow they're just going to do their job for a while and then jump to the next company hoping it'll be better but why don't i show them it can be better by just doing it with us and to your point yes if you're good and qualified i'll send you the training and i'll pay for it because then you're not worried about it so i think there's a lot of things that work here but what you all do in cte is certainly i think a, a stronger pathway in the sense of getting that exposure knowledge early and then they're they're more open minded to other things in my experience. Yeah, and exactly, and and we've we've talked about it before, Rashawn is is that the exposure that we're giving them at middle and high school level is so that they have a better idea once they reach that college, they're they're graduating and wanting to go to college or wanting to go to work. They've already had some experiences. They've already figured out in some cases this isn't what I want to yeah. do, and they're that so their yeah, reset that. is happening now yeah. where they don't have the 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 you debt don't have involved. to switch that major. Exactly. get added another year of college on another semester of college. We, we just had the semesters. back to school we just had the back to school night the, the last week and, and I talked to some parents it was like oh my gosh I I am so excited about my kids getting involved in this because I did it. I changed majors three times and they don't want their child to have that happen to them and have to go with the, the, the debt that comes with that. So it's it's great. Alright and on the topic of career exploration I can't have somebody from Chamber RVA on and we not talk about Mission Tomorrow. So we're going to have to bring up Mission Tomorrow. So what is Mission Tomorrow? So if you hadn't heard of Mission Tomorrow, Brian, just give us a brief overview of what Mission Tomorrow is. Well, I think we're in our fifth year. I see my colleagues in, in the studio with us that can correct when I make mistakes, but it's in, in our fifth year. And he it stuck is, up this kind of like new is there. Sixth year. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. It is the, and I've been here two years, so I'm still learning myself, but it is probably one of the largest career exploration events in the country where all eighth graders have a chance throughout the region to come to a, a couple hours worth of a career fair and see touch and taste and it gets gone from the typical maybe years ago uh, a, a table with a banner and i get to tell you about my career to now and i went through uh last time we had it in person seeing nurses try to incubate a dummy seeing construction people try to operate a, can- a crane that's what we got to get to so it's not just to read a pamphlet listen to somebody talk but literally i can watch and see this is what i would do if i went into construction this is what i would do if i went into a medical field you know i've, I've I love the you know the, the the learning you get from people at the career community college levels is somebody comes into the nursing program but don't realize till six months in they don't like to see and touch needles and things like that so how do we get people exposed to that much sooner mission tomorrow is one of those opportunities where again every kid eight that thirteen thousand i think was the last high point we had um when we did it in, in person two years ago last year we did it virtually because of, of covid uh, we'll do that again this year but i think we'll go back to in person the, the following year um, I hope would be for me personally is that we not only uh, let our children go through that experience, but eventually maybe do a night event where parents can come. That's a 
a lot of volunteer hours, a lot of, a lot of extra time to plan that. But the hope is we could get more people exposed at a much earlier level. Now, you don't expect an eighth grader to make a decision about their life at eighth grade. Yeah, that'd be a little rough. But, you know, I may know that, I don't want to do this. It gives them that yeah, start. Exactly. I could even go, and then I might leave the mission tomorrow as a ninth grader, take a class, and go, you know, I really don't want to do medical or construction or whatever, but I'm really good at arts. I'm really good at hands-on this. That's the hope is that it starts that thinking, that, that, that exposure. Then they come to you all and you let them go through a four-year path of a couple of experiences, again, to guide them to where they want to be when they graduate high school. So eighth grade, uh, I'm going to bring Mac in on, on this again. Uh, that's kind of early for a career exploration. Why is eighth grade important? It's a critical year for students in their high school pathway because at eighth grade, they have the option to apply for so many different opportunities. And if they wait and do not take the classes to prepare them for that career pathway, they could fall short. For example, a student may decide, I really want to take practical nursing at one of our ACE centers, but they fail to take the math that they need to be prepared for it. And so I think what's really powerful about the Mission Tomorrow event, that you don't know what you don't know. So they get a chance to see that. And it's a regional uh, event. You know, I've always said our students, the skills that we teach do not go away when they cross the county line. They're going to serve our region, so they need to see what the options are in the region. But it also reinforces, once again, if you're going to be a nurse, one of the things they'll tell you is, you know, I'm working with math all the time, and it's important. So now all of a sudden the student says, well, maybe I need to pay a little bit more attention in math so that I can pass that nursing exam when I leave because that's going to be a major piece of what I do. So it it gives value and meaning to the academics and also gives them the direction to start thinking about where they're going. Do I want to take uh, a center center course or do I want to take an ACE center class? Do I want to spend four years in art? It gives them that understanding of what they're investing in. I'm a big proponent on why. Why am I doing this? It helps that student answer the why. And what's really powerful, and I love the part, if we can figure out how to, we've, we've talked about that for years, how do you get the parents engaged? Because you know, we hope our students will go home and go to mom and say, hey, I saw this really neat thing today, and, and mom will ha- carry on a conversation. But I think as educators, it's incumbent upon us to make sure the parents have the knowledge to engage that student in information or, or in the conversation and ask those que- the probing questions to get a student think, okay, you want to be a nurse, but you pass out when you see blood. Is that really what you want to do? Yeah. And, and help guide that decision. Because we all know that at the end of the day, the parents have a powerful role in helping that student determine their future. Right. I want to hit on the parent point in a minute, but I also want to say this, though, Mac, right? So you you're afraid, you find out you don't like blood. Let's look at other things inside of the health mm-hmm. field that you can exactly. get into so you can be in that same line of work. Brian, I want to get your take on parents. You mentioned getting the parents involved in potential mission tomorrows of the future. Why is that an important part, in your opinion? Well, I think if you look at anything from you know what religion children choose to political parties, that our parents are still the most influential people in their lives. Teachers are very important. Coaches. I mean, there's a lot of people that weigh in, but they still talk to mom and dad in most cases. So if a parent doesn't have any knowledge or can't help, then that's just a a, a stop sign or a, a, a blockage to figuring out where I'm going to go in life. Or we may give false uh, guidance in some cases. If a parent doesn't know what's happening in the market, you need to be a lawyer. Well, there might be too many lawyers. The flip side is on the trade side. People think if I go through electrical program, I'm only going to be an electrician working for Mac. 
well, I, no, I can be an electrician working for Mac for five years. Then I start my own company, and I start to build wealth for my family. I hire people after that. I'm not actually putting in the electrical components in a house or a building, but I'm hiring people. So I think we've got to talk about entrepreneurism differently. We've got to talk about how, giving parents the exposure that you really can do anything in this world you want to do, but you got to put the hard work in, you got to get the training, and then go get it applied. Young people right now can write their own ticket because we are in a, in a place where supply does not equal demand for the first time in my working career to the level that that it has in the past. I don't think we'll really live in 08 in my lifetime where there was 15% unemployment in certain parts of the country. It's the flip right now. We can't get enough people to grow our economy fast enough because we don't have the skill set. So parents are critical to being advisors. Some cases it might just be to support your exploration. Sean, you want to do this? I'll support you to go find out about it. Maybe in the summer I can go we'll get you a two-week internship. So all those things matter of how we help our young people get exposure. And, Brian, you mentioned uh, COVID-19 affected uh, Mission Tomorrow. really has affected all of us. So what have you been seeing from the business perspective? And we hear, we've heard this term, essential uh, careers, essential uh, person, essential workers. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, how, how the business has been affected, and what are they? What are they looking for as a result? Yes, they've been affected in more ways than we'll ever probably know until we can take time to study it. But, you know, essential workers in the sense of construction, they they never stopped building things. They had to do their jobs completely differently as they went to work, from sanitation to spacing, uh, food service. You know, you can't have a line cook and line people standing right beside each other. So we had to all adapt our processes, but I think what it also showed is that we also can work in different ways. I mean, our office has been remote because we can do our work Anywhere there's a computer, anywhere there's a phone, it's not as fun. It's not as much as build a spree decor, but we can do that. So I think it's just understanding how you have to change your business to adapt. And then the flip side of that is, I read just last night, that business travel may not come back to the level it was before. I can now do a Zoom meeting if I've got a cloud leak on the West Coast instead of taking two solid days or more to fly out there and meet with them in person. I might can do half my meetings through a, a Zoom-type platform or Microsoft Teams. So I think you know, hospi- uh, uh, hotels, hospitality, uh, airlines are going to have to adapt their business model because of all of this. And so you know what? Business changes on a day-to-day basis. We all have to be able to adapt quickly, whether it be our workforce needs, how we do our business, or even the, the policies and procedures we have. But COVID certainly opened the, the eyes that a lot of things can be different depending on what the, the, the external environment is. But if you're not a good business that can quickly adapt, then you may not be in business for, for very long. And it also showed us what, what positions are really vital to help yeah. society roll. Yeah, COVID-19 has definitely exposed the essential workers and their careers and how important they are. And we're seeing double-digit growth in those very areas. And so it's really exciting that the, the students have those opportunities and to learn with us and then be able to move into those careers. Right. Running up against the clock here, Brian, I wanted to ask you, though, how important is CTE, in your opinion, uh, to career exploration, to the greater community outside of our school walls, outside of our high schools, elementary schools, middle schools. Well, not just because I'm here, and certainly not to, to, to make our um, college prep uh, teachers feel um, left out. Uh, all education is, is important, but I think the important CTE to me offers, again, as a parent, now as a business leader, is it's the one part of education you really do get to touch, taste, and feel. You get to experience it and say, you know, I don't want to do that. We should have had a lot more of those experiences. Uh, I had a so I mean, our guidance counselor told me when I got, got a senior that I was going to be a social worker. I said, you're crazy. I'm going to go make money in business. Well, I'm right back where I started in the sense that I really am a social worker, as our team is. We just use business to get there. So there are tests you can take. There's, there's surveys you can do. 
those are important. But I think being able to go out and say, I'd like to do this. You know, if I'd have spent more time in a construction trade pathway and, and said, I'd love building things, I can see at the end of the day what I built, I might have gone that path. I didn't have that experience other than being a laborer on a, a construction group. So I don't want to do that. So I think the more we can help our young people uh, see that there's a lot in this world they can do, but then secondly, if we can educate our teachers that what they do is so critical, regardless of the coursework, you are you are molding and helping them see the the value of what they're going to do when they graduate. And we got to do a better job of helping teachers get that education as well. Yeah, they really are building the future, though. Yeah, I think that um, some uh, partnerships that are coming in up uh, real quick uh, with Major Clarity and some other companies uh, that are with with Henrico County Schools is going to even. Like some of the stuff you said you didn't get to experience, we're looking that the students are going to be able to get some more knowledge, get some more experience, and the teachers, and the count. this is across the board, parents, teachers, counselors, and the students are all going to have this working with them. And to ride along with that, Mike, you're exactly right. We've actually started to change the way we think about careers and work. Uh, you know, we use the term enroll, enlist, and employed, but really at the end of the day, it's what are, what are you going to do with your future? And so we're actually, with through the help of Major Clarity, starting at the elementary school level, and I like to think of it as a funnel, expose students to all the options that are out there, let them see it, touch it, feel it, and then as you move through that funnel and get ready to graduate, when you pop out on the other end, you know the direction you're heading. And so if going to a four-year college is what you need for that career pathway, you're going for a purpose and you're going to be successful. But if going to an apprenticeship program will get you to where you want to go and then college afterwards, that's the direction you should go. But it's an informed decision. And so we don't recruit for classes anymore because how do you tell a parent, uh, well, your child's going to be a mason. You know, they say, oh, no, 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 no. But if you start talking about the construction field and, and deal with those big picture items, then they may find out, hey, I really love laying brick. That's what I want to do. And then I'm going to own my own masonry company. So you start to see that pathway materialize. And the chamber, having things like Mission Tomorrow gives us that exposure for those students that they wouldn't normally have. Yeah, that's some really, really cool stuff on Mission Tomorrow. I think they had like a virtual welding simulator on there, but all right, we're going over the top. Well, they do. No, it's it's amazing what you see there. I mean, Mm -hmm. because it's not just, uh, like you said, it's not just walking up and getting a pamphlet. You're actually seeing the equipment. You're the uh, electricians setting up where they're showing them how to wire for lights and and the plumbing guys doing their soldering. I mean, Virginia Power has a huge setup there where they're showing the equipment and the materials and the you know that they're everything. They're I mean, doing. they had like a, a like an airplane simulator over there. Oh like yeah, you could take off of the airplane. It's just all kinds of cool stuff they do over there. But uh, we ran out of time here, guys. Wish we could talk more. We could probably talk. We could extend two, it. three, four <laughs> hours. On. Uh, Brian's got to go. I know Max got to go. Uh, so I'm gonna uh, go ahead and cut it short here. But first, I want to remind you guys to check us out on our social media again, Enrico CTE. The handle, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. You can find us there again at Henrico CTE. Check out HenricoCTE.com. Get more information on these awesome programs. And Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find the podcast on all of your major and minor podcast venues. Download your favorite app. Uh, Find us, like us, subscribe, become one of our listeners. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Hurry, hurry, hurry. All right, guys, that's it for us. For (laughs) Mac Deaton, for Brian Anderson, for Mike Roberts, I'm Rashawn Garnett. And this has been Henrico CTNL. Until next time, so long, everyone.